Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. How do I deal with difficult people? Don't look at your neighbor right now. How do I deal with difficult people? How do I deal with difficult people? We received all kinds of questions of what do I do if I have somebody in my life that's being difficult with me and sometimes we got out of relationships, all kinds of questions. And so we're going to address it today. I want you to grab your Bibles and I want you to go to the book of 2 Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. As you're going there, can you look at your neighbor and tell them they look amazing this morning? Come on, look at your neighbor, tell them they look absolutely fabulous this morning. Can you look at neighbor number two on the other side and tell them this message is for you today? (laughs) Second Timothy, second Timothy chapter two, second Timothy chapter two. We're going to begin to read out of verse 23 through uh, 26. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to Timothy. Timothy's a young believer, a young disciple in Jesus, and uh, Paul is giving him instructions. It's kind of like Paul's last letters before he goes on to see Jesus from earth to eternity. He knows his life is almost at an end, and if you've never read First and Second Timothy, I encourage you to read it, but there's a couple of verses in chapter 2 of Second Timothy, the second letter he wrote to him, where he, ta- he starts talking about how to deal with people. And look, what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 23 through uh, 26. He says, again I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments. Can somebody say amen? Amen. That only starts fights. Another translation says, don't get involved in stupid arguments, right? He says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to who? Must be kind to everyone. Must be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. If we go to the next. It says, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Can we go back to the first part really quick? Look at that verse. It says, to be patient with difficult people. How many know we need a whole lot of patience to deal with difficult people? <laughs> How many know sometimes we can be the difficult ones? Not a whole lot of amens there. (laughs) Oh, no, it's never me. All right. Be patient with difficult people. I pray that uh, through this message today, uh, God would do something in our hearts. I'm really, I'm really believing this today, that a lot of people, maybe you walked in today with hurts in your life. Maybe you walked in with uh, offenses in your heart. Maybe you've been carrying around some stuff. And I was really uh, feeling this now during worship. God's going to heal some people in this place here today. God's going to heal some relationships. God's going to heal some people that you walked in still carrying around stuff from the past year, probably for the last five, ten years. And maybe you've been holding stuff against somebody. Can I tell you? That's not how God wants you to live. He wants you to live free in him. He wants you to be free of any grudge, of any unforgiveness. Jesus is a healer, and I believe he wants to heal today. Anybody believe in that? Come on. 
Why don't we close our eyes, bow our head, and let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. God, you are so good to us, God. I pray that today you would come lifting up heads, opening up eyes, that we may see you in a fresh and brand new way. Jesus, I pray that today you would be glorified uh, here within us. Thank you for the 9 a.m. Thank you for this 11 a.m. Thank you for the 1 p.m. And thank you for the 7 p.m. tonight in our Windward campus. God, I pray that you would have your way in our lives. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And all of God's people say, Amen. come on, all of God's people say, Amen. can you give Jesus one more praise? Come on, as loud as you can. God is good. How many of you know that um, difficult people will come across our life? Right. Difficult people are part of the journey of life. If you've never run into difficult people, let me tell you, sooner or later, you will run into difficult people. How many of you have ever run into difficult people before in life? How many of you have people next to you that are difficult? I'm just kidding. Don't answer that one. Don't answer that one. <laughs> difficult people are part of the journey. Difficult people are going to be a part of your life. In fact, last week, we talked about our spiritual journey. Well, part of our spiritual journey is difficult people. God would allow difficult people into our life for a reason and sometimes for a season because he's trying to do something in us. How many know sometimes we're going to run into some people that are going to get on our last nerve and our first one? <laughs> we're going to run into some people that are going to test our patience, right? We're going to come across people that we can't even believe they act a certain way, right? And we're like, God, what do I do with difficult people? What do I do with somebody that's testing me? What do I do with somebody that's pushing me to the limit? I really believe that some, one of the reasons why we have so much difficulties in relationships is because we are all different. We are all different. There's different personalities. There's different characteristics. We have different people. And differences can bring difficulties, Differences can bring difficulties, right? You are built and shaped a certain way. You, you have a design that is just for you. Some people, for example, are nice and calm and relaxed most of their life. And they're just a person that is kind of quiet. They don't talk too often. And then you got somebody else that's extremely talkative and hyper and always making a lot of noise. And if those two begin to live together, how many of those are going to be difficulties in the household? I give you an example. My wife likes to wake up in the morning and, and she likes it really calm and quiet as she begins to get ready. I wake up in the morning and I'm already blasting the radio. I'm blasting the TV. She's like, pick one. Which one are you listening to? You can't listen to both at the same time. I'm like, yes, I got, I got one ear for each one, right? <laughs> and so it creates a little bit of challenges in our household. But, but Paul told me to be patient with difficult people. And... Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you, babe. Okay, now we need to go back to the retreat. Um, I love you. But there's going to be challenges because we're all different. Like, like, for example, have you ever had somebody in your life that always wants to one-up everything you do? I mean, you know somebody like that, right? You go out to them, you're like, oh, my God, yesterday I had such a great day. They're like, oh, really? I had a better one. You're like, Wow. Anybody have a coworker that you tell them like, oh man, man, this month I did such and such sales. That's it? Oh, I did way more than you, right? And you're like, wow, why are there some challenging people in our life? How many of you know people like that? It's like, man, some people are difficult because we are different. And it's like, what do I do with people that are different than me and cause difficulties 
in my life. Put it this way. When people are different than us, they can become difficult to us. When people are different than us, they can become difficult to us because you're different. You're built different. You you talk different, right? All of a sudden, you have somebody who who loves to talk, who loves to talk, and you're a very quiet person. You're like, I'm trying to watch TV, and they're like, no, this is the perfect time to discuss this topic. Let's talk a whole lot. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, all of a sudden, we are built different, and it causes difficulties in our relationship. What do we do? I I just don't think that difficulties come from differences. I also believe there is a spiritual attack on relationships. I'll say it this way, there's a spiritual assault on relationships. It's not just because we're different that we have problems in relationships, whether it's in a marriage or friendships or families. I really believe it's the devil himself that hates relationships. The devil doesn't want you to have relationships. There's nothing more that the devil wants you to do than to have problems and difficulties in your relationships. If he can get you mad, if he can get you angry, if he can get you bitter, if he can get you upset, then he can get you alone. And if he gets you alone, that's pretty much a dangerous ground for a believer. To have no community around you. I really believe that the devil's on a spiritual attack against families, against marriages, against communities, against relationships, because he doesn't want people in community. So he's against relationships. All of a sudden, how many know there's also difficulties in church relationships? Not this church, thank God, but other churches (laughs) have difficulties. All all of a sudden, you'll, you'll be sitting in the auditorium, and you're getting ready to hear a message, and you'll look across, and you're like, That's the person that took my parking spot. (laughs) Right? You look across the auditorium and you're like, that's the person that took my seat. (laughs) That's the person that didn't hold the door open for me. That's the person that didn't allow me in their connect group, right? And all these things will start coming because there's challenges in community. So we have to be careful when we're dealing with people. Maybe there is somebody that's extremely difficult. We are people. And what the devil will want to cause is separation from people, separation from community. There's nothing better than to be in community, but the devil will create things in your mind to say, you need to be alone, get away from community. You are different than anybody else. Nobody likes you. People reject you. That person is talking bad about you. You don't belong in that community. You don't belong in that church. You don't have no friends. You don't have no, the devil is a liar. Come on, there's nothing better than community. It is good for us to dwell together. Come on, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to work through it. We're going to work through it one way or another. Community is important for you and for me. So we have to learn what do we do with difficult people. How many know we can receive the greatest joy in community, but we can also receive the greatest wounds in community. Right? Sometimes the, the lasting hurts are the ones that come from people closest to us. And it's like, man, what what do I do with this in my heart? Maybe you're here today and people have offended you. People have done you wrong and you're carrying around some unforgiveness in your heart and you're carrying around something in your heart that you shouldn't be carrying around. You're like, Alex, you have no idea how this person tried me, what this person has done. Maybe you're recently divorced and the person that you used to be married to is making your life impossible. Maybe you're recently divorced and there's a father or mother of a child that both of you had that's making your life difficult. We received all types of questions. And maybe you're in here like, how do I deal with this difficult person? Can I tell you there can be challenges, but you can overcome the challenges. You can be bigger in Jesus, and God can help you through difficult circumstances. I think we need to be a lot more like Jesus, right? If anybody dealt with difficult people, it was Jesus. Like, Jesus had some challenges in his life. Like, Jesus had people that were out to kill him. 
It wasn't just child support issues. Like they were out to kill him, right? Like, like Jesus had real people who wanted to murder him, right? And at one point in his life, right at the very end, they're getting ready to nail him to a cross. And here they are spitting on him and hitting him and ripping the beard out of his face. And look what he says in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. He says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Whoa. What kind of response is that to difficult people? I think some of us would say, Father, forgive me for what I'm about to do to this person. <laughs> right? But Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. I think a lot of us need to be like Jesus. How many know it's easy to love somebody that loves you right back? That's easy. I think all of us have good relationships with people that love us, with people that wish the best for us, with, with people that go out of their way just to like, do something awesome to us. That's easy to love somebody like that. It's like, it's easy to love Phil. It's easy to love Head. It's easy to love some of my brothers here like Mo. Like, it's easy to love people like that. I mean, you know, it's very hard to love people that wish bad against your life. Bob Goff, who's an author and speaker, put it this way. If you want to get a report card on your faith, see how you are dealing with people who are really difficult to deal with. How am I doing on my journey with God? How am I doing with my relationship with Jesus? Like, am I being a good believer? Well, I mean, I have great relationships. No, how are you doing with the people who wish bad on you? How are you doing with the people that are difficult in your life? That's how you can get a report card on your faith. How can we be more like Jesus? I want to give you three quick points that I think can help all of us out here today as it comes to dealing with difficult people. Number one, I think the thing that we need to do the most is that we need to rise above it. We need to rise above it. Right? I think it's very easy to stoop down to somebody else's level. Right? When somebody's challenging you, when somebody's provoking you, when somebody... How many know that there's people in your life that know how to press your buttons? Right? <laughs> They know that you just became a believer. They know that now you're coming to Calvary. They know you're a Christian, and all of a sudden they'll come around. They're like, oh, so you're a Christian? Awesome. What happened? You were cursing last week. <laughs> what happened to that money you owe me? <laughs> and they know that right now you're going through a financial. And they all of a sudden start pressing buttons. And How many know it's really easy to press buttons right back? <laughs> I'm going to press a button in your face right now. That's the type of <laughs> response you want to give them. All right? It's like, what do I do when people are testing me? Here, here's the thing. Don't stoop down. Don't get involved in that game. Refuse to play the game. Yeah. Refuse to play the game. If somebody's being difficult to you, if somebody's challenging you, refuse to play the game. Say, I'm going to rise above it. I'm going to fly above it. I'm not going to go down to that level. I believe God has called me to be better. I believe God has called me to be bigger. I'm not going to get involved in that situation like that. I'm going to try to be a better Christian, a better believer. I'm going to try to be more like Jesus. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm God. I'm praying. I need you to help me, Jesus, in this circumstance. Sometimes it might take some prayer and fasting, but just pray and say, God, I'm going to be better in this circumstance, right? Don't go down to that level. Begin to talk to God and say, God, help me in this circumstance. Help me in this situation. Begin to pray and say, God, you know what this person has done to me. You know how this person offended me. You know how this person has robbed me. Come on, some of you, had, you got people in your family that done you wrong. What do I do, God? Talk to God. In fact, talk to God about them. One of the best things that we can do is that we can pray for them. Begin to pray for them. When's the last time that we prayed for people that offended us? But our attitude is, I ain't going to pray for them. They better pray for themselves. I ain't praying for none of them, right? 
But look what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 31. He says this, but to you who are listening, I say, love your That's some hard words there. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Whoa, Jesus, I mean, this is really hard to live out. Like, are you, who are you talking to there? Because I, I don't know if I can do that, right? And Jesus is trying to tell us how to deal with a difficult person. He says, well, do good to them. Bless them. And it says, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn them the other one also. Oh, we live in a society where it's eye for an eye. You hit me, I'm going to hit you right back. I'm going to make sure you never hit me again. <laughs> but Jesus says, if somebody hits you, turn the other cheek. Now, again, this is all in context. If somebody is abusing you, if somebody's hitting, can I tell you, you're not a welcome mat. They're not going to step all over you. They're not going to hit you. And you are not here to be abused by nobody. And you do have to stand in a place and the church or leaders or police, somebody has to get involved in that case. What Jesus is saying there, if somebody's offending you, let them keep offending you. As long as it's no physical abuse type of deal, right? But it's in context what he's saying. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn them the other one also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them also. You, you take it. All right, cool. You want me to take it? It's being the bigger person. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, this is a whole lot easier said than done. Jesus, that sounds great, but right now they are tempting me <laughs> and they are testing my patience. You want to put Jesus on the side for just a second? Jesus, I'm going to come right back to you in a moment. All right? <laughs> you got to rise above it. It's like, man, they're, they're really testing me. This is hard. What do you do when your feelings say everything else other than what Jesus says? Right? And this is where choice comes in. I'll tell you this choice is first, feeling second. Choice is first feeling second. Well, I don't feel like loving nobody. Well, it don't matter what you feel. You need to make a choice to love somebody. Then your feelings will follow after. Well, I don't feel like forgiving this person. Well, it doesn't matter what we feel. If you make a choice, then your feelings will follow after. If you live life by your feelings, you're going to go down a rabbit hole you don't want to go. You're going to get all up in your feelings. You're going to end up upset, bitter, mad at the world, but you need to make a choice. I'm not going to stay mad. I'm not going to stay down. I'm not going to stay holding this grudge. I'm going to live a life way bigger than this. I'm going to live in freedom. I'm going to live in forgiveness. I'm going to live how G come on you got to make a choice it's not by feelings a lot of times we don't want to forgive a whole lot of people a lot of times we don't want to show love to a whole lot of people but it first comes by making a choice one of the best things that we can do to rise above it is that we can choose to be to bring peace so you know what? I'm not going to add to this circumstance. I'm not going to add my feelings to this. I'm not going to make this a negative circumstance. They're talking about me. They're doing things to hurt me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring some peace to the circumstance. How about you go? Well, I'm going I'm to I'm wait for them to apologize. Well, why didn't you ask for forgiveness? I am. When they ask first. <laughs> How about we be the bigger person and say, you know what? I'm going to apologize first, even if I haven't done nothing wrong. That looks a whole lot like Jesus. It's difficult, it's hard, but look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called what? Whoa. Blessed are those who bring peace to a circumstance. You want to be blessed? Bring peace to that circumstance. You want to be blessed in your family? Bring peace to that family situation. Bring peace to whatever drama's going on. It's not easy. 
I know it's difficult. I know sometimes it's family members that have done you wrong. I know sometimes it's friends. I know sometimes it's coworkers. But, but if you can say, you know what, I, I'm not going to add to this. What I am going to add is God's peace. What I am going to add is the love of Jesus. What I am going to do is I'm going to be the bigger person first. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to bring love. I am going to rise above it. Somebody say rise above it. Number two, the second thing that we can do is never retaliate. Never retaliate. This one is really hard because it's very easy to want to do it right back. Right? All of a sudden, this person did this to me. I'm going to do it right back to them. This person did me wrong. I'm going to do them right back. Right? This person took this money from me, so I'm going to take some money from them. This person caused some damage in my family, so I'm going to cause some damage in their family. Well, this person cheated on me, and, and you know what? They were unfaithful in our relationship, so now I'm going to go and be unfaithful in our relationship. And so we think that retaliating is the best way to pay a person back. How many know retaliation is not up to us? Retaliation is not in our hands, and it takes a, really a mature believer to say, you know what, God, as much as I want to retaliate, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to repay evil for evil. Where is that in the Bible? I don't believe that. I'll show you. First Peter. First Peter chapter 3. <laughs> I see a lot of people that are like, I want to retaliate right now. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Come on. How many know that's difficult right there? All of a sudden you'll get up in the morning and somebody insults you. It could be your own spouse. How many know it's easy to respond back with verbal abuse? So you call me this, I'm going to call you that. <laughs> right? He says, don't do that. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Come on, I don't know about you, but I want to walk in blessing. I want to walk in God's goodness. I want to walk in God's favor over my life. I'm not going to repay evil for evil. I'm not going to stoop down to that level. I'm not going to retaliate. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'm going to trust in my God. I'm going to walk in his forgiveness. I'm going to walk in his love. I want a blessing. I want my house to be blessed. I want my life to be blessed. I want my children to be blessed. I want my home to be blessed. I want my finances to be blessed. Come on anybody with me I'm not going to retaliate I'm not going to go down I'm going to trust the Lord I'm going to trust God I'm going to trust God I'm not going to live my life in this vicious cycle you did this to me I'm going to do this to you we'll, it'll cut off blessings from our life but if you trust God can I tell you he's a sovereign God that somehow some way he's going to work it all out there's a story in the book of Genesis of a young man named Joseph Joseph was the smallest one, the youngest child out of a bunch of brothers. And his brothers one day got really upset at him because Joseph, being young and naive, gets a dream from God that one day his brothers were going to bow down to him. And being young and naive, he goes up to his brothers and he's like, guys, guys, guys. He huddles all his big brothers up and he's like, God gave me a dream. And they're like, amazing. What is it, little bro? <laughs> I had a dream that one day all of you were going to bow down to me. Amazing. The brothers get angry and jealous, and they get upset, and, and they decide to kill him. They're like, we're going we're gonna to kill Joseph. He was the favorite one of the father. His father had given him a, a coat of many colors, and, and he used to walk around like, <laughs> what's that? It was awesome. <laughs> and his brothers become jealous and angry, and so they try to kill him. They realize killing him is not really the option, and so they decide to sell him into slavery. 
and he goes into slavery, and, and his life just really is challenge after challenge after challenge. You got to read the story. It's an incredible story, and Joseph just goes through so many challenges in his life because his brothers did him wrong. His brothers offended him, sold him off into slavery, and here he is now facing difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. At one point, he ends up in an okay position, and there's this lady that she's the desperate housewife of Egypt, and she wants to sleep with him, and he chooses not to. She accuses him of something wrong, and he ends up going to prison. I'm talking about, like, challenges. All because of what his brothers did to him at the very beginning. Joseph could have lived bitter, could have lived upset. In fact, at one point, through all those challenges, there's a blessing on his life, and he ends up right next to Pharaoh. He ends up being the second man in command over all of Egypt. This is God's blessing over his life. And it doesn't matter what people try to do it to him. His heart was right. His soul was pure. And God continued to bless him. And he ends up rising in authority. And he ends up as a man right next to Pharaoh. All these years have gone by. And at one day, there's a famine going on where his brothers live. And they have nothing to eat. And they're desperate. And they're starving. And so they decide, hey, let's go down to Egypt and let's talk to Pharaoh or his leaders that they would give us some food and help us. They have no idea. They think their brother is probably dead somewhere, have no idea what happened to their brother. And they end up going over to Egypt. And when they get to Egypt, they go and they stand before this man. And all of a sudden, this man is it's not who they think he is. It's actually his brother, their brother. Joseph is looking down and here's a group of his brothers looking at him, asking him, for food. The dream that he had at the very beginning ended up coming to pass at the end of Genesis. They're bowing down before him. They have no idea this is Joseph. Joseph could have easily said, this is my turn right now to bring vengeance. My God, I thank you. You brought them here. Now rain fire over their life, right? <laughs> he could have done all that, right? It's a perfect opportunity. This is payback right now, right? And Joseph chooses to be the bigger person. Joseph chooses to rise above it. He chooses not to retaliate. And he chooses to love. Like, this is a person who offended me. This is a person who sold me into slavery. Like, basically, you set me off to die. You, you did me wrong. You did me dirty. You, you, you did me so foul. And now you're coming to ask me for food. You have no idea. I'm your brother. 20, 30 years have gone by. You don't even know what I look like. I could have you all set and killed right now. And Joseph chooses to go over and above because he trusts in a God that's higher than our difficulties. And look what he says at the end of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he says this, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And he brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Can I tell you that what the enemy meant to harm you, God's going to turn it around and use it as a platform for you to speak, for you to be a blessing, for you to be able to help somebody. I know somebody hurt you. I know somebody abused you. I know somebody tried to bring you down. But can I tell you we have a God that can turn it around and he can use your pain as your platform. You need to trust in a sovereign God. And say, God, I know you've got me. I know you're going to work it out for me. It's not retaliating. It's not getting back. It's not stooping down to their level and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to choose to be the bigger person. Number one, rise above it. Number two, never retaliate. And number three, with this we close and the band can come up. Number three, release them. Release them. A lot of us in here, people have offended us. People have done us wrong. Maybe right now somebody's doing you wrong. 
Maybe right now you're in a relationship that's difficult and it's a family member or an ex-wife or an ex-husband or a co-worker that's, that's doing wrong and you've been carrying this around for so long. It's in your heart. And you're saying, there's no way I can forgive this person. There's no way. I mean, I mean I'm upset. I'm, I'm mad. I'm not going to forgive this person. And you're walking around with a bunch of unforgiveness in your life. There's nothing more that the devil wants than for you to walk around in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a trap. A lot of times you're holding on to people and they already forgot about what they did to you. They moved on with their life. They're not even thinking about what they did to you. And here you are every single day thinking about this person, thinking about what they did, thinking about how they harmed you, and they have moved on. They are living their best life now. And you're here all caught up on what they did to you. Can I tell you, today you can release that person. I'm not going to hold back and, and, and getting vengeance. I'm not going to hold back and retaliate. I am going to release them. You're walking around in unforgiveness, all upset and all mad. And I'm not saying you don't have a right to be upset. Some of you, you have an extreme right to be upset. I know what they did was wrong. I know what they did was extremely foul. I know what they did was not right. But don't hold on to that unforgiveness. Let it go and trust the bigger God. Unforgiveness, they say, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. How many of us have been drinking poison probably for weeks, for years? This person did me wrong. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm holding on to this grudge. I'm holding on to what they did. And all we're doing is feeding ourselves poison. It's not going to do anything to them. A lot of us are like, there's no way I can forgive that person. I'm sorry, Alex. Cute little message, but I'm not forgiving, right? <laughs> I'm not forgiving nobody. Why should I forgive them? There's no way I should forgive them. You know why you should forgive them? Because God forgave you. Who am I to withhold forgiveness from anybody? Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Paul says this, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Who am I to, to stand up here and say, I can't forgive this person for what they did? There's no way I can forgive this person. This person did me wrong. This person has done harm to my life. I am not forgiving them. Can I say, I'm going to be the first one. I've offended God. I've done wrong before God's eyes. I know I've sinned before God. God should have never forgiven me, but yet he's so good. He's so gracious. He's so merciful. He didn't give me what I deserved. In fact, he gave me what I didn't deserve. Come on, his grace showed me, forgave me, lifted me up. I deserve to be dead in jail, in my sin somewhere, but God was good. God was faithful. He picked us up out of the mind. Clay, he put us on a solid rock and if God forgave me I can forgive somebody else because I never deserved forgiveness and God was just so good I didn't deserve to be forgiven I didn't deserve to be here it's only by God's grace that any of us are here it's only by God's grace that any of us can lift up our hands and worship a holy and an awesome God it's only by God's grace that any of us can just choose to serve him. And he allows us to be a part of his great plan. Because the truth is, none of us deserved it. And now we're here saying, well, this person certainly doesn't deserve forgiveness. Freely you have received, freely give. As you have been forgiven, forgive somebody else. Today, I think a lot of people, you need to forgive that person as being a difficult person. Forgive them. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know people have offended you. I know people have done you wrong. But can I tell you, that's not the life that God wants you to live.
If you stay in a fence, you are building a fence around your life. And you're keeping yourself fenced in from blessing, fenced in from God's goodness, fenced in from God's grace and what he wants to do in your life. In fact, the Bible says if you don't forgive, then God won't forgive you. God, today I'm going to choose to let go. I'm going to choose to trust you. Can we get up on our feet all across this place? With every eye closed and every head bowed all across the auditorium. In additional seating and in the live stream, wherever you're watching. I'm going to ask you, if you can, can you close your eyes and bow your head? I really believe that there's some people in here that you've been holding on to unforgiveness. You've been holding on to that offense that that person did to you or, or to somebody in your family. You've been holding on to that person that walked out on you, that person that cheated on you, that person that has hurt you. Maybe today it's an ex-wife or an ex-husband. Maybe it's somebody you knew that was close to your family. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it's an, an old business partner. I don't know, but I know people have wronged you. And, and maybe you're in here today and you're like, Alex, I still haven't forgiven this person. It's hard to deal with difficult people. I know it is. But I also know that we can rise above it. That we can choose not to retaliate. And that today we can release them. In fact, I'll say this, that as you release them, you're releasing yourself. With eyes closed and head bowed for privacy and concentration. If you're in here this morning and you're saying, Alex, I, I want to forgive this person. There's somebody in your mind right now. As we were talking, as the topic came up, that person came up in your mind. You know who it is. You have that person... As you have your eyes closed, you have that person right there in the front of your mind. You're like, I know who this is. I, I've been holding a grudge against them. I've been mad at them. I haven't forgiven them. And if today you say, I, I, Alex, I, I want to release them. And I want to release myself. I want to forgive them. I don't want to stay dealing in this vicious cycle of somebody that's difficult in my life. I'm, I'm going to rise above it. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you, if you say today, I need, I need to forgive somebody. Can you just raise your hand where you're at? And if you need God to help you in forgiving that person, if you say, God, I need you this morning to help me. Come on, can you just raise your hand all over this place? Raise your hand. In the additional seating, raise your hand. If you're watching on live stream, raise your hand. I'm going to ask pastors and leaders to begin to walk around this auditorium and just lay a hand on somebody for a second and just begin to pray for them. If there's somebody around you with a hand lifted, can you just lay a hand on them and just begin to pray for them? I, pr I really believe that the Holy Spirit is here. I really believe that we're going to give them some space just to heal. There's people that are receiving healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, there's really people that are being released. There's people that are being set free this morning. Come on, lift up your hand if that's you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to heal you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are good. God, you are so good to us. I pray that this morning you begin to move all over this place. I pray that this morning you begin to move across this auditorium. I pray that you begin to heal. God, if there's people that are walking around in here with unforgiveness in their heart, God, I pray that that would come out of their heart in Jesus' mighty name. That as your Holy Spirit pours over their life. God, I pray that they would release years of bondage, years of unforgiveness. God, that they would find freedom in you. I pray that this morning people would be able to rise above the circumstance. Rise above those difficult people. Rise above retaliation. Rise above whatever the enemy wants us to do. The devil is a liar, God. I pray that people today would be released, God. Would be released from that prison sentence that they've had in their heart and in their spirit 
spirit. That's not how you call them to live. You call them to live free and free in you, Jesus. I pray that you'll bring freedom to minds, freedom to spirits, freedom to souls. God, that they would walk in your freedom, that they would walk in your blessing. God, that they would inherit a blessing from the Lord. I pray that this morning people will be free from family issues, free from co-worker issues, free from business decisions that went wrong. In Jesus' name, God, that we would be free to live in you, that we would be free to move forward and walk in the plan and purposes that you gave us for our life. Thank you that you have given us love. And because you've given us love, we can give love this morning. Come on, can we lift up our hands? Can we sing this out one more time? Can we celebrate the love of Jesus? Come on, let's sing it out. Thank you, Jesus. With hands lifted, can we sing this out? Come on, can we sing about his love? Come on, lift up your hands, lift up your voice. Come on, he's a good God, he's an awesome God. Come on, with hands lifted all over this place. Come on, just think about his love. Think about his goodness. How good has God been to us? How great is his love? Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Come on, can somebody just begin to thank him for his love? Can somebody just begin to lift up their voice? Come on, just begin to thank him. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me, God, when I was lost, when I was far from you, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, God. You are a good, good God. Thank you, Jesus, that there is no shadow you won't light up. God, thank you for everything that you'll do to come after our hearts, after our souls. Thank you for your goodness. We don't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. But you've been so good. Thank you, Jesus. With eyes closed and heads bowed all over this place. We're leaving in just a moment. If you're in here, 
this morning. If you're saying, Alex, I'm far from God. I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe today this is your first time, second time that you came in here. And you're saying, Alex, I feel so far from God. I feel like God wants nothing to do with me. I've done wrong in my life. I've thought wrong. I have retaliated. I've done things that nobody knows about. And I don't know if God wants anything to do with me. I want to tell you God wants everything to do with you. He loves you more than you could imagine. With every eye closed, with every head bowed for privacy and concentration. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We've all offended God. We've all done wrong. We've said wrong. We've thought wrong. The Bible says that none of us can go up to God's standard. God can't be with sin. So what did God do is that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin, all of our flaws, all of our mistakes. The Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. He went up on a cross and Jesus Christ, he died for humanity. He died for me and he died for you. The Bible says he died there on that cross as he paid for our sins. He went down to a grave. He was dead for three days. And after three days, Jesus defeated death and sin for you and for me. He's alive today. He's the hope that we've been looking for. He's the peace that you've been desperately searching for in your life. He's what's the only thing that's going to fulfill your heart and your soul. This morning, if you're saying, Alex, I need a relationship with God. I'm far from God. I want to be close to God. I want to, I want to have a relationship. Alex, I need forgiveness in my life. Alex, today I want to start brand new. If that's you, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, all over this auditorium, all over the additional seating and live stream, every eye closed, every head bowed. I'm going to count to three. And if you say, Alex, I need Jesus in my life. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. I want you to hold it up just for a second. I'm going to see you. It's an act of faith. You're saying today, I'm coming into a relationship with Jesus. I'm asking him to forgive me of my sins. I want you to hold it up just for a second. I'll see you and then you can put it right back down. The whole church praying. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to give you a mic. None of that. Every eye closed, every head bowed. It's between you and God. The count of three of this, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Raise your hand as high as you can. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I see you, I see you. Amazing, 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 amazing. I see you, I see you. Awesome, 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 awesome. Additional seating. Anybody else? If you're watching through live stream. Father, thank you for all these hands that have been raised. Thank you for every single person making a decision to come into a relationship with you. I pray that today, God, you would seal this moment with your Holy Spirit like it says in your word. All of you who raise your hand, in fact, the whole church, I want you to repeat after me. All we're doing right now is believing with our heart and confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and the Bible says we will be saved. Repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner. And that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. That you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord. And be my Savior. From today on, I am saved. I am healed. And I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a big hand?